0: Talk about spiritual manipulation, (laughs) inviting people to nursery service with Jude, that's almost unfair. Well, good morning, and uh, as both Jedediah and Natalie have shared, we are starting a new series in the the book of Joshua. I've had a number of you folks ask me, Joshua, Pastor, uh, why Joshua? It seems a pretty challenging book. Um, some uh, wholly different than what we're living today in our culture, a culture that's very different. Well, one is I, I do like to preach at least a series, one series a year from the Old Testament. I think there's a way in which God engages us just in a different way than sometimes. I, if it was just up to me, I would always preach out of the, out of the Gospels. I love preaching out of the Gospels. That's my favorite. But yet, there's this unique and fresh way that sometimes God speaks in a, in a different way in the Old Testament. I would say also in the Old Testament, despite what perhaps some of you have been taught in a secular education, that the God of the Old Testament is unchanging of the God of the New Testament. That yes, it was a different time period, but he was the exact same God. God. He was back then, he is now. And it also suggests this about people, that yes, we are continuing to grow and mature and develop as humankind, and yet, at the end of the day, people are people, are they not? And they had some of the same struggles, like greed and lust, that we do today, that same hunger for God. That we do today, yes. Thank you, <laughs> Mikey. That's when you're supposed to say yes when I ask. Yes! Thank you. There we go. Sorry, I you. But then I would also say there's another reason why I think the, the Spirit of God directed me. Perhaps uh, the most important reason to the Book of Joshua is the Book of Joshua is about transition and overcoming. That God is inviting His people at this particular time to, to overcome some of the battles so that they might enter into a life that He has promised them. That there is this... This covenant. They're living under the old covenant. Yes, we'll talk about old covenant, and new covenant, but but the but he's inviting them to the promised land. He's promised their ancestors this particular kind of life. And there's barriers there. We're gonna talk about those barriers. And yet he's saying, I will be with you, and I want to invite you into this new way of living. They had been in the desert for 40 years. Before the desert, as Jedediah was talking about, they were in Egypt and slavery and God says I have better plans for you a better life out of slavery out of bondage many folks are still in bondage today he's saying I'm inviting you out of the desert out of that dry place many folks are in the desert and that dry place today He's saying, I have this life for you. And he uses words like prosperity and success and abundance. We're going to read it. He says, this is the life I have for you. If you would but trust me. I think that's why out of this transition time, out of this pandemic, That maybe there's this new wineskin that God is inviting us into, a a different kind of life, perhaps that we've understood in the past. And he's saying, I want this beautiful life for you. So let's open up to Joshua chapter 1. I would encourage you, you, if you... Don't bring your own Bibles. I I think to have that written word so you can highlight and circle and underline and put question marks by, that's great. Yes, we will provide it on the screen, but open up. I usually use NIV translation. I want to get that translation and read through that question because we want to be able to read through. We're not going to read every Word. Um, in fact, we're we're going to go subject by subject, almost chapter or thought by thought. But I want you to read every word of the book of Joshua, personally, maybe in your KLCs and small groups, to be reading together and taking in this ancient ancient book. So before uh, we read, little context, right? So most of you know, many of you know that. Um, that we've been following the, the story that um, the, the children of God were enslaved in Egypt. God raised up Moses. They uh, leave Egypt. They're delivered from Pharaoh and his might. They're on their way to the promised land, and they sin. And God decides that he's going to let them learn some lessons in the desert for 40 years. It's a long journey. And Moses sins, unfortunately. And so God says, Moses, you're not going to be the one to lead my people into the promised land. And so now Moses is the opening verses of Joshua. Moses, their, their leader, dies. And they're looking and they've got some barriers. Not only have they lost their key leader, Charlton Heston, right? <laughs> but they they came up north on the wrong side of the Jordan, so they've got this large body of water between them and the promised land. They have no idea how they're going to cross it. And secondly, the promised land, it's populated by people and nations. So they're right in this moment after the first five books of the Old Testament and they're at this moment Joshua chapter 1 verse 1 reads after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun Moses' aid Moses my servant is dead I just think it's beautiful to notice that The book of Joshua opens with God speaking directly and intimately to Joshua, like he did to Moses. Now then, you and all the people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, roughly where modern day Israel is today. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, Joshua. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Verse 7. Be strong. And very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you Wherever you go. Amen. Amen? Sometimes I feel like just reading the scripture is good enough. Like, we, did you get enough? Okay, I'll add just a little bit more to it. All right? One of the things of reading scripture is that you notice if there's repetition that happens. Did you notice anything repeated in these couple of verses that we read from Joshua? Joshua? Yes, what was it? Strong and, strong and courageous. Three times he repeats that phrase, be strong and courageous. The, the Hebrew is hazak miyod armes. Be strong and courageous. In fact, then he talks to uh, uh, two tribes and a half tribe. They had already kind of stepped into their promised land, but they had promised that they would go with the rest of the Israelites to take to, to cross the Jordan River and take the rest. And and they said, Okay, Joshua, we'll with you. We're we're gonna follow you, but only Joshua do one thing. Guess that, what's that one thing that they ask of Joshua? Look at the very end of chapter one. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. Only this, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. I wonder if Joshua is like, I got it already. I, how many times do you have to repeat? Yes, I heard the Lord tell me three times. You don't have to tell me. And I wonder how Joshua would have heard that phrase. When the Lord is saying and repeating to him, when the people are saying, be strong and courageous, how, what did he think of that? What did he mean? What was his first action? Did he go out and purchase a Bowflex? Right? Did he uh, get a gym membership? Did he start some push-ups and sit-ups? What was his response? Would you agree with me that he probably saw Moses as a very strong leader? Yes, I mean Charlton Heston cut right, right, and and so he heard that. There's an interesting verse about Moses that I wonder if it was in Joshua's mind. It says now the man Moses was very humble. The Amplified Version amplifies the word humble. It says, he was gentle, says Moses. He was kind. He was devoid of self-righteousness. More than any man who was on the face of the earth. I wonder if Joshua was... Taking in what he knows of Moses, what he lived with day in, that, that humility, that selflessness, that, that kindness, that gentleness, and he saw him. And I wonder if in these words of strong and courageous, that wasn't part of his thinking and wrestling. I think when we hear strong and courageous, perhaps we don't think of the same things that that Joshua was thinking. We don't hear that phrase that Joshua, I believe wholeheartedly that today kind of already been said in our service this morning but today whether you are facing some obstacles and struggles today whether life is good right now that God wants to say to you personally hazak miode ames in this time what you're doing live life the life i've called you to live be strong and courageous. Life is good right now, Pastor. Great, but live this time of goodness strong and courageous. God, I'm really, I'm really struggling, Lord. Help me. I believe he's saying, be strong and courageous. And in fact, this chapter 1, I think, shapes and forms that phrase of how the Lord would have us hear it this morning in our lives. In fact, there's a couple. Let's look at verse 6 again. We'll, we'll read verse 6. He says, Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I think to be strong and courageous has something to do with the promises of God, has something to do with the purposes of God, that has something to do with God's covenant in our lives. I think it was Robert in that word, we were doubly blessed, we got two words this morning, in that word, he used the word fully, And I believe that part of being strong and courageous is fully living into God's promised life, fully living into God's covenant. One of the things I'm hoping as a congregation we think about and wrestle and understand a little bit more deeply is that to be a Christian is to live in covenant with God. That there's no Christian expression in Scripture that is outside of living within a covenant with God. And, And what the Lord does, he gives us this example again and again, this human relationship of a marriage. He says, would you understand it? I am seeking to be a husband to you. He uses that language. That's why the bride of Christ is there. This idea, it doesn't matter what your relationship status is on Facebook. You should consider yourself married. Do you understand? Look at your neighbor and say, did you know that I was married? I, I am married. I, I've got this covenant relationship with God, when, when you said yes to Jesus, that was like standing before a minister and saying, I do. I do, Jesus. And life is meant to be lived in this covenant with God. God, all of its benefits and all of its responsibilities. The language you could call this covenantal relationship. He's saying when you take your vows, when you get married, you say, I commit for better or for worse. In sickness and poor, in every season, we're going to enter life together. I'm going from singlehood all by myself to a covenant in marriage, when you ask Christ into your life, you're entering this covenant of marriage, really, to the Lord, and you're saying, "I do." I'll, I'll engage life differently than I did. I, I will process life from a place of covenant with you, Lord, rather than separation. W- would you think of uh, of covenant in two ways? That there is a corporate covenant that we live together as the whole bride of bride of Christ. And then there's a personal dynamic to this covenant that's just you and the Lord. First, we'll talk about the corporate covenant, Jeremiah thirty-one is just a is a neat is a neat place in Scripture where Jeremiah the the Israelites have sinned and they're about to go into exile. And it's, and he says in Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-one it says, "The days are coming," declares the Lord, "when I will make a new covenant." You know what he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about this new covenant. That's why at the, at the table we talk of this new covenant. Listen to what he says about the old covenant with the people of Israel. I will, it will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of G- Egypt because they broke my covenant though I was a husband to them. He's saying... Man, you've missed it. This is why all this junk is happening. But listen to this new covenant. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time. I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, no, know the Lord, K-N-O-W, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. He's saying that everybody gets to enter into this covenant with Jesus. Everybody gets to experience this beautiful relationship. Who knows, maybe some of you, if you've been married, you'll know this. You can live as a single person in a marriage, can't you? In fact, oftentimes those are the seeds of separation and divorce, is that I've seen it again and again. Couples can enter in and they fail to embrace life newly and freshly as a couple. They remain in their silos of life and they don't figure it out. If they don't change that really fast, it's not good. In the same way in the Christian life, We can live the Christian life as if we're not covenanted to the Lord. Yes? We can fail to see his purposes and promises. We can fail to understand our life and process our life according to his promises that God is at work, that he's saying, okay, we're going to do this together now. We're going to handle our li- your life together in covenant. And yet so often, we're just living life on our own Maybe in emergencies we can jump in. But he's saying, no, there's this idea. There, there's this, this is how I relate to people in covenant. That's a corporate promise. Now let's look at the very particular promise. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, a familiar passage to many of us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then i like to add this, this number's, Oh, i 'm sorry, where is that place this psalm thirty seven three four Trust in the Lord and do good. dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture he 's talking about this corporate take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. I thought how personal is that that here i 'm walking in this covenant corporately and yet at the same time God is mindful of my individual desires of my heart that in fact that God is at work in a grand way in a covenantal way and yet very personally he's saying listen yes I've called you this covenant and yet I've got a very personal assignment for you I've gifted you in particular ways I'm calling you in particular ways And I want you to see how I'm at work and align your life with my work. Let me give you an example of this that's related to the the book of Joshua in an interesting way. It's when, when this church over 10 years ago was looking and searching for a pastor, a lead pastor. And they contacted me and um, they invited me to the search process, and I was fairly confident that I was not the right person for the job. All right? And so, talk to family and all that. I wasn't even going to keep my hat in the ring. And then, finally, in talking with friends and family, I said, okay, just maybe it'll be a good experience if I go on an interview so someday when it got, I didn't really feel like God was calling me to a lead pastor position. So I put my hat in the ring. Well, then just a, a few weeks later, I went on a retreat that was focused on listening prayer. And the, the teachers, the facilitators, taught on listening prayer, and they said, all right, now we want you to do it. If you've got some question in your life, don't, don't do it vaguely. Just we really want you to ask and then listen. So I'm like, all right. I happen to be having my quiet times in Joshua. So I read a chapter of Joshua, and then I said, okay, God, I'm, I'm trying to grow in this listening prayer thing. Would you teach me how to hear and discern your voice? Right, I know that God's called me to be a pastor. I know that there's a corporate dynamic that's out there, and yet there's some personal assignment that I'm trying to understand. And as I was listening, I felt this profound impression that said, Steve, who was the founding pastor of this church, he was the Moses. He was going to gather the people. You're going to be the Joshua that brings them to the kingdom, that teaches them the kingdom of God. I was taken aback. I was surprised at that impression. I called the search committee and said, I'm your man. I heard from the, no, I did not do that, (laughs) right? In fact, I told no one. I I didn't tell, uh, the only person I told, uh, it was was this pastor of another denomination because he knew none of the people. I didn't want to influence my family or the search committee. I just said, well, maybe that was just for the Lord, right? And there's a good chance I got it wrong, right? I just really humbly, I just held that before the Lord. So we went through the process. Of course, you know that I ended up being that person that, that came. And, uh, and so I'm in this position a couple of months, and I have to be ordained. That's part of our tradition is ordaining into leadership. And I asked this new friend of mine, a Denver pastor, Dave Cheadle. He doesn't know me that well, but I really liked him and how he did ministry. I said, would you speak at my ordination And he's like, yeah, that'd be great, Eric. And he's praying. And he calls me the night before the ordination service. He's like, Eric, I was woken up about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I feel like the Lord gave me this impression for what he wants me to share, but I want to run it by you because it has to do with your predecessor. Guess what he said? Steve was Moses, and you're going to be Joshua. I was like, "Dave, did I did I tell you that story?" Said, what are you talking about? I was like, "Wow, this is and just that process. And again, I knew that God was on the move. I knew that God was arranging. That's what he does. He's advancing his kingdom and he's getting leaders in position to advance the kingdom. And then he has a particular call on us that he does. And he's saying to Joshua, he's saying, Joshua, fully enter into, understand your life from this covenant in which this is who I am. I am a God who makes a covenant with you. I want you to experience an understanding life by my agenda, my work. I have a grand covenant and a personal call. The only issue is are you listening? Are you pressing in? Friends, are you living the Christian life as a married person or a single person? Are you fully entering into this amazing and beautiful new covenant where everyone gets to play from the least to the greatest. We get to walk with the Lord. We get to hear God's voice. We get to enter into his promises. We get a role to play. Don't live your life outside of those covenant promises and purposes, but fully enter in. Secondly, look at verse 9 with me of Joshua Verse 9 and verse 5 says, I lost my place, of course. This is this, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now jump up to verse 5 again. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That sounds very New Testament, doesn't it? It sounds very similar to the words that Jesus used when he talks about the Holy Spirit and us. That part of being strong and courageous has to do with God's presence in our life. Living strong into God's presence. Living strong into his Holy Spirit. This is really cool. Did you know that Joshua was filled with the Holy Spirit? In fact, this is the way that Moses decided to prepare Joshua for when he was going to lead. We're, we're told, if you look at the outline, Deuteronomy 34:9. now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the Spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So get this picture. Can you imagine it where Moses is like, okay, I, I messed up, and I'm not leading the people into the promised land. Joshua, come here. I'm gonna give you the greatest resource on the face of the planet, the spirit of the living God. Did you know that same spirit that was given to Joshua thousands of years ago, it's given to you and I today. He is given to you and I today. Acts one five For John baptized with water, Jesus said, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We get that same spirit that Joshua got, that we get to, to, to be filled and empowered and strengthened. In fact, that's meant to be the source of our power. I believe when, when the Apostle Paul was saying, in your weakness, God is strong, he was saying yes right there right in that moment of weakness right in that moment of, of frailty and insecurity and difficulty I'll be with you I'll I'll bring that fresh infilling Just recently I had to make a phone call I did not want to make that phone call I was insecure about this phone call It was going to be a difficult phone call and guess what I did? I didn't make it. I avoided conflict. No, I'm teaching and I'm learning about embracing conflict. But you know what I did? I said, God, I, it, it's got to be you. The, this hard conversation, it, it's got to be you. And I prayed for a fresh infilling of his spirit. A dear saint in our community, particularly she's in a particularly hard place right now caring for a loved one. I got to pray for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, this resource that he gives us available, it doesn't matter that it was thousands of years ago. His spirit does not change. His resources do not change. He just as he gives and filled Joshua and fills him again and again and says, "I will be with you. Only be strong, Joshua, in my presence." Yeah, live into it with strength, especially when you're weak, especially when you're frail. Live strong into my spirit. And finally, look at verse 7 and 8. Be strong and very contagious, (laughs) contagious. Yes, I mean, do that too. Be a contagious Christian. I mean, you know, in Jesus' sense. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it occasionally. What's it say? Meditate on it. Can you get that picture of Joshua? Joshua. You probably had the the Pentateuch, the first five books, and and if Joshua obeyed, which it seems like every indication is that he did, that day and night, it wasn't in book form. We don't know really what it was, but he was opening the scrolls. He was he was handling. He was reading. He was saying, "Lord, you said that. Why did you give?" This, He was saying, Lord, I, this is a, a barrier here. I, I, to, to follow up Moses, yikes. Fill me. Lord, would you speak to me? I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. Okay. He's reading the word. Notice this, these words of Joshua remind me of Psalm 1. Psalm 1 talks about those who make mockery of things, who sit with sinners. He says, but there's a different way to live, Psalm 1, 2, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law occasionally. No. day and night remember Jesus' words. super important from John 14 he, he connects these two really important concepts that we usually don't connect love and who knows the other concept Marilyn knows it obedience John 14, 24. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. They were true back in Joshua's time. They were true in Jesus' time. They're true today. Can you get in your mind this image of Joshua? Moses, who he looked up to. Moses, who he followed. Moses, who he thought would be the one to lead the people. He's gone to be with the Lord. And now he's looking at these waters. Darn it, we went the wrong side. He's looking at the nations. God help, I've got some real strong, you're saying prosperity, you're saying success, you're, you're saying this life that you have for me, but I see all these barriers and God is saying, listen, would you trust the covenant that i am called you to, the promises I've made to Moses, To Abraham, to you. Would you you read, would you hover over my truth? The truth will set you free. The truth will direct you and guide you. The truth will help you face those obstacles in your life. And would you be filled with the Spirit I will make you strong. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will give you strength. I will make you strong. Be strong and courageous and trust me. Let's pray. So, Lord, we thank you that you are unchanging. That you are the same today as you've always been and always will be. Lord, would you teach us to face the obstacles in our lives? Would you teach us to be Strong and courageous, Lord. Just between you and the Lord, would you take a moment? What part of strong and courageous is He inviting you into today? Perhaps you've not been living covenantally. You've not been living in this relationship with him. Would you bring that to him? Would you allow him to speak? Perhaps you've been living in your own strength and you're awfully weary right now. You're just feeling fatigue all the time. And this morning you need to drink deeply of his presence and power. Would you just drink deeply right now just invite the fresh and filling of the Spirit. Or For some of us, that word occasionally stuck out to you. And you're not reading the word. Would you bring that to Him? Can we stand together? We're going to close the service. I wonder if uh, Pete and Robert and Josh, you guys are over there. Just If someone wants to be prayed for a fresh infilling filling of the Spirit, would you just take some time over there in that? If you want to be prayed for any, any reason, Just go there. Kurt, if you want to join them over there, would you just ask them for prayer? Maybe it's related to the word or covenant or spirit. So would you go? Would you hear the word of the Lord, especially in your times of weakness and frailty? Would you go? And hear him say to you right now, be strong and courageous. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you.